With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Growth Media. This is William Eastman, your program manager and your host for the show. And uh, this is part of our series that we've been doing with Green Industry Pros Magazine on successful landscape companies. And this article is a little different uh, in that I want to share the basis behind all my writing and work for the last 39 years. And if you're a reader of uh, Green Industry Pros Magazine and been following our articles or you've been listening to the podcast, you know that what I've been doing is I've been talking predominantly about landscaping companies uh, that also the information applies to small businesses. This week is going to be a different. In this show, I'm going to be talking about small businesses and how it relates to the landscaping industry. So let me tell a little story. Let me tell a story about my journey over the last almost 40 years of being in the industry. And I started off um, doing consulting for the major corporations in the United States and did that for about 25 years. And when I was doing that, I was asked to, um, to work with the uh, United Nations on an economic development project in West Africa. Uh, it was pretty exciting. It didn't pay very much, but it was one of those things that you can't pass up, you must do. And so what I had to do is I had to bone up for the trip because I was going to be doing economic development with small businesses and helping them uh, basically build relationships with multinationals so that they could become suppliers for companies like Unilever. And so as I was doing that research, I, became, I came across some information that changed my life. And even though it took me another 10 years to get out of corporate consulting and move into small business arena, it's one that grabbed me and it was kind of my obsession reason for being. And that is, when I looked at small business growth and I was looking at the United States, the statistics state that 90% of all new jobs were created by just 5% of the small businesses. And these companies were small, very small, as a matter of fact. They were under 20 employees, and yet they were able to overcome those odds and create exponential growth, which is the basis for jobs. I was hooked. I became obsessed with it, and I said, you know, the place that I really would like to be in the economy is here and not with the corporate consulting. So over the last, um, over the 10 years it took me to make the transition, I was looking at the data. And uh, that's something that I like to do. I, I like to make database decisions and then use my experience to interpret those. But what I came across was that there's really, when you look at the small businesses, so there are 28 million companies total in the United States. About 6 million of those are what you would consider large enterprises, large corporations. So that takes you down to about 22 million are small businesses, say under 10 million, just for this conversation. And if you looked at that population, what you would find is that there are really three groups. 80% of all the companies are in one group, 15% are in a second group, and then there's this elite 5%. And so I started looking at what were the characteristics of those, how did they split up? And so one of the things we found with the 80%, which was the majority of small businesses, and probably where most of you are at, is that you're getting by, you're paying the bills, you may not be paying them all on time, but you're getting by, you're able to hang on. But really what you're challenged with is that the business model that you're using is currently not working the way you wanted it to work. When you had this dream to get into business, um, 
where you are right now is not what you were thinking. And so you're putting a lot of hours, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, if somebody's not getting paid, it's usually you, and you're saying, what, what was I thinking? I was crazy when I did this. Well, 80% of the businesses are there. And so what there's a tendency to do with the companies that are 80% is they don't have any foundation, they don't have any infrastructure. And so the idea is, well, I just need more sales. So I'm, I got a, a stark piece of news for you, is that companies who are at this stage who think they can solve their problems through sales typically go out of business. Is that your problem is there are no processes under control. There's no real idea of what anything costs. You're, you're not, your, art, your margins are not accurate. So here's the, what we learned about those companies and what does it take to move from the 80% to the 15, which is really what the focus of this conversation is. And so first of all, in those organizations, what has to happen to move into the 15% is you have to maximize the resources you currently have so that you can become the lowest cost producer. Now, if you're talking to some business consultant, basically what you would be told is this is called achieving operational efficiency. Uh, now, I come from the manufacturing industry, or I spent a considerable amount of time in it, and I can tell you right now that in manufacturing, if your plant is not running at someplace between 80 to 85% of its capacity, in other words, if you look at how much work the uh, machinery can do, uh, how many hours people are there to work, et cetera, et cetera, and you find out that you're not at about 85%, you're losing money. So in manufacturing, the idea is to get the capacity up to about 90 to 95%, which is where the margins are. And the more capacity you have that, that you're running at, excuse me, then the, the, the better your profitability. Well, you can't wish that to happen. And so the first place to go is to say, how do I become the lowest cost producer in my market, because that's really the outcome here. And notice that the emphasis on the word cost, I'm not talking about the lowest price. That's a branding decision, that's a strategy decision where you want to price yourself relative to your competitors, above them, below them, etc. cetera. Um, this is much more about how do I, given the dollars that I make right now, how do I become profitable on current revenue? And that's what I would say to any of my coaching clients who have come to me and said, look, I don't, I don't have enough money coming in. I can't pay all the bills. I can't afford you as, as a consultant or as a coach. Um, I need more sales. Help me with sales. And then when I look under the hood, there's no infrastructure. I go, you're going to go out of business, dude. Here's what you need to do. Let's figure out how to be profitable at your current level. And then what we'll do is we'll look at add, adding sales to take advantage of whatever capacity you have that you're not using. So that's number one. Number two is you need to distinctify the offer. Now, this distinctify the offer is nothing more than taking pressure off a price. If what you do, let's say you've got a hard, you got the, you do design build with hardscapes, um, you have uh, landscape maintenance, you're doing turf, and if you're north of the Mason-Dixon line, uh, you're in snow. If there's no difference between what you do and how you do it, then your competitors, you know, whether I whether I look at your marketing uh, brochures, I go to your website, I see what you're doing, social media, et cetera, then the only choice I have as a customer is to make a decision based on price. And we got to get out of that because when we go into the 15%, we make the transition over, we're also going to start focusing on better pricing. Okay? So I've got to distinctify the offer enough, make it unique, make it different, so I take the pressure off of pricing. And then the third one is I need to take a step toward professionalizing leadership and management in the firm. Now, if I do the first one, you know, basically become the lowest cost producer, how do I do that? I have to systematize the business. I have to map out my processes. I have to build position descriptions for people in those roles. 
and I have to come up with a set of metrics so I can measure how we're doing and I can determine my margins. If you do that, then you're halfway there on professionalizing certainly the management side of the business. Well, the other part of this is the challenge that owners have. And at most startups, the, the owner is kind of the, the hub of the wheel. And there you are at the center and you got all these spokes and you're out there directing and telling people, okay, this is the way the job needs to be done. And if you got you got three people reporting to you, no problem, you get through that pretty quickly. You got five, no problem. You got seven, it gets a bit challenging. You get to 10 and suddenly what you've got is you've got more people than you have time. So the people that are waiting for direction may be waiting a couple hours before you tell them what to do. So what has to happen here is that the owner has to change their mindset, not give up control, but change their mindset on how they control work. And so the next step is, for the owner to pull themselves up a level and do that by installing processes in the business. So now what you're managing is the processes. What are the processes are being followed? And the process is nothing more than your brains on paper until the company gets bigger and then maybe you, re you look at these and you kind of modify them. But that's what has to happen if I'm going to professionalize the leadership part of this is that the owner moves from managing processes, which is if you want to get into the 15%, that is how you get there. And then, of course, at the top of the line is that if you're going to act like a CEO of a billion-dollar firm, you manage by results, which is where the 5% are at. So the three things you've got to do, if you're at the 80%, you're getting, you're getting by, but every day is the same day. You're, having, you're experiencing Groundhog Day every day. If somebody says, well, what do you, what's your plan for the year? And you're going, hell, I'm trying to figure out what the plan is for the week. Then first thing I do is map my processes, write position descriptions, and basically what I want to do is become the lowest cost producer uh, against my competitors. So now I have a, a healthy margin and I can use it. Number two is I want to make my offer unique, distinctify it in a way that I take pressure off of pricing and I look different than my competitors. And then number three is that by doing the efficiencies, I've got the management now in place because we're going to manage processes. But I also have to say to myself is I've got to get out of this day-to-day -day dictating the flow of work, being playing traffic cop, and bring myself a level above that, and perhaps even bring somebody in who's going to manage the processes so I only have to manage them. All right, so let's say that when I talked about the 80%, I didn't cover you. So let's talk about you know, you're in the 15 What the 15% really says is you're paying all your bills on time. You're paying yourself what you should be paying yourself. You're not taking any cuts. Uh, you don't necessarily have to get involved in friends and family pricing or do price discounts to close deals. And your, and your margins are good and your profitability is not bad. In other words, you're kind of there. In other words, it's, it's gone from being incredibly stressful to just moderately stressful. And where companies at the 15% find themselves is the question is, where do we go next? All right, we got, we got to get this conquered. But if you said, if you said well, what's your five-year plan? They really, they, they could maybe espouse a five-year plan and say, this is where I'd like to be. When it, but then if you said, well, how are you going to get there? That would be challenging. So now, given what you've done in the 80%, because whether you did it because I told you to do it here in this presentation, or you just naturally did it because it makes sense, you're going to build on that foundation. And where you're going to go is, number one, is you're going to restart really researching the market you're in, because what you're going to be looking for are higher growth opportunities or basically better customers. So what is a better customer? A better customer is somebody who either has unmet needs or needs that are unmet and they're unsatisfied with the current providers. Number two is they have the financial wherewithal 
to pay you. In other words, more than likely, you're going to charge a little bit more than the competition. So therefore, can they can they afford you? And then number three, the processes that you built, they fit. What you want to bring in is customers who do not create friction in your system because friction in the system attacks margin. And it could be, well, we got to do this special for them or that special. There's all more chances for making mistakes. It's going to take longer and that affects margins. So I want to do my market research to identify who those are and I want to target those people. Okay. Number two is that now that I've identified them, I want to begin specializing my offer. In other words, I take a look at what I'm doing in design build and let's say I've identified three distinct populations that I could go after. How do I modify my design build process to fit each one of those? So instead of trying to have one approach to all of them, I'm going to have three different approaches. Of course, they're all going to fit in my system, but the deal is it gives me the right to go after those accounts and charge more money. Okay, When I've done those two things, now it's time to aggressively go after sales. And this is where I'm going to make a significant investment in marketing and sales. Um, now, what I'll say here is that the best companies that we've looked at, uh, their marketing spend is someplace between 10 and 12% of revenue, believe it or not. That's kind of high. I would say right now, the five. if you're in the 15%, consider something around 5% of revenue because all of that is going to turn around and give you the sales that you're looking for. There's a multiplier effect going on here. And so basically, if I'm in the 15% and I'm doing all right, but I'm not sure where to go next, and I'm still not the top dog in my market, what do I do? I, I do market research so I can I can better position the company and I can get more market share of the best accounts, the best customers. Number two is I'm going to I'm going to narrow my offer, and then within each one of my design, build, landscape maintenance, turf, snow, I'm going to niche that, build it specifically for these types of clients, so that I give them something that they can't get from anybody else, and I can charge more. And then once I've got that put together, then I'm going to aggressively go out there with my website with email marketing, with social media, etc. I'm going to leave nothing unturned, but I'm going to go out there after the markets. Okay, you do that, you join the elite. Well, first thing I'm going to say, after you pat yourself on the back for being in the elite 5%, basically you're the market dominator. When anybody looks at the marketplace and says, well, who's the top dog? You are. You're the top dog in the market. Here's the challenge. This is, uh, this is almost uh, like a the tip of a pyramid in that you're not going to stay here very long. Um, it takes a lot of work to sustain this position. As a matter of fact, the way that the elite 5% sustain it is that they reinvent the business. However, before we go any further, let's say this. If your intention is to sell the business, there is no better time to sell it than right now because it'll never be worth any more money. Why? Because you're maximizing capacity. More than likely, you're running someplace around 95%. You've got some niche customers that have some special deal offers that nobody else is providing that you get to charge a little bit more for. you got great margins, which means your profitability ought to be good. And so, and especially at this stage here, is your focus in everything you do is to maximize the profits. Let's take out all the waste we possibly can. The business valuation is going to be killer. And so you're never going to be worth more money. So if your decision is to sell, sell now. Now, if you say to yourself, you know, that wasn't fun at the beginning, but I've had a good time. I've, you know, when I was in the 15%, I brought in some wealth to the family, so I'm not waiting to make my money from the sale. I want to do this again. Okay, so I'm going to reinvent the company. 
So that's how I stay at the 5%. While everybody's copying what I'm doing, I'm doing something new. So now, next is I want to identify where the future competitive advantage is in the market. And what I mean by the future competitive advantage is I look at the near future, which is anywhere from three months to, say, 18 months out. And I want to look for two things. Where are opportunities arising where I could offer something new or I could move into a new market where what we do fits? I also want to take a look at threats that are coming up that may affect my business. But I want to identify that because where I'm going next and how I close this out is that I want to, whether I'm working on developing better processes or I'm working on de uh, developing better services, it could be products because I use the words interchangeably, but in landscaping, if you're listening to this from a landscaping perspective, then this is basically service and service lines. If you're if you're regular listening to a GrowthWorks Media, then you may be here listening to this as a small business person. It's also products. But what we say is never develop anything on spec. Uh, basically, what you want to do is you want to co-develop with somebody. you got a customer. you got an idea about a new service you want to offer. Find a customer that will let you do that with them. Offer to them at cost. And then when you're done with that, Number one, you sold it because a lot of times people develop new things and then have to figure out how to sell it. You don't ever want to go there. You want to have it sold before you build it. So now that I've done this, then I can take from them what I've built for them and I can generalize that and open up that to the general market. Or it could be that I want to build some new processes and I want to get the customer involved with that because the customer understands what it's like to be on the receiving end. Also critical in this, and we forget about it, is use your suppliers. Your suppliers are usually larger organizations than you. Even if it's a retail operation, they're probably part of a bigger organization. You know, like Site One, you can deal with the local Site One office, but that's Site One as an organization. If you're working with Echo, Echo USA, that is part of a larger organization. They've got expertise. Tap into that expertise. You know, they're basically going to give it to you for free. Why don't you take it? And that's how the five percent remain the five percent. And so. What we just did here is we talked about the three populations, 80% who are just getting by, 15% are doing reasonably well but don't have a long-term plan uh, or any idea about how to get to the next stage, and then the 5% who dominate their markets and constantly renew their business so they can maintain, maintain that domination. And so what I want you to do is you consider the article. I, I want you to think about where you stand as a business and what is it going to take, but those those nine steps I gave you, improve market, um, uh, achieve organizational, uh, operational efficiency, distinctify the offer, professionalize leadership and management is how do you move from eight from the 80 to the 15. When you get in there and you want to move to the 5%, you improve your market positioning and market share, you build a more narrow offer and specialize your products and services, and then you aggressively sell a market and sell. And then when you're at the 5% and you decide not to sell, you want to maximize your profits, you want to identify computer, uh, future competitive advantage and, along with death threats, and then you want to co-develop anything new you're going to do and don't do it on spec. And if you do that, you get the 5 and you stay at 5, and you're going to be the market dominator. So, hey, thanks for reading the article. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm William Eastman, Senior Consultant with the Greenmark Consulting Group, and we've been writing a number of articles. Please go uh, in the Green Industry Pros magazine and take a look at some of our work. Or if you want to talk about this article further and get the details, because each one of these has a whole set of steps you have to engage in, the best way of doing that is call me direct, 833-RU-GREEN, 
R-E-E-N. So for this month, that's it. Have a great business week. Um, Hope you're prosperous and the business is doing well. And thank you so much. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.